face them, I don't know. It takes a little more than what you show, and that's yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Welcome to Bobby Finn Knows Everyone, a Pull Tab Sports production. I am Bobby Finn, born and bred on St. Paul's East Side, where it was all about looking out for each other, blue collar, hard work, and telling like it is, no BS. Sometimes your reputation gets you in a little trouble, but most of the time it helps you. <laughs> As usual, I'm here with my boy, Tommy Lord. What's up? How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are yeah, you? Yeah, good. Did you get, did your reputation get in any trouble this week? Oh, almost did. <laughs> well, let's not talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to wait for that one. That's going to be a freaking... I'm just trying to really end. I mean, seriously, we're going to wait. Uh, but no, with us today, Greg Zanin, former NHLer, Minnesota Wild. Welcome to the pod, Greg. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Are you ready to get into the world of Bobby Finn Knows Everyone? It's going to be oh, greasy. Let's go. Hopefully, we don't dig up too many uh, horror stories about oh. myself. <laughs> well, if it's you better than me, holy shit. I, I've been waiting for uh, been holding off on all those crazy stories. But you, you know what? You got to Stillwater, you know, from the wild, right? Or you got from the Stillwater. How'd you land in Stillwater? Yeah, you, you're, you're with the wild and you're like, Stillwater's the place to be. Uh, well, obviously 2000, what was that? 2009, I signed with, uh, the wild, me and my wife came out to look for places to live. And a lot of guys were living out in Edina and that kind of yeah. that area. And Vancouver, my house in Vancouver was very populated and we were trying to get away from, you know, I wanted a piece of property. I wanted a nice house. I wanted to be close to the city and Stillwater was kind of the place. My, uh, my, my, my wife's from Hastings. So we needed a little distance so there wasn't just the casual drop by on a sunday morning when i'm trying to sleep in but you know it we landed here and when retirement came you know it was just kind of the place to come back to my daughter started school here my oldest and we had a couple you know friends that we didn't have in other cities and it was like you know what this is this is going to be home yeah it's a good place and those guys can have edina that's a shit you can have the west side that's a shit that's a disaster well at the time it was just when i moved out here it was me bernsey lived out over in whistling Strait or whistling valley or whatever that is and andrew burnett lived over in galloway it was just the three of us and there was a i think a handful of guys that lived in woodbury so we kind of had the team split and then before i left it was like me i was out here by myself and everybody was over in edina and i'm like holy shit <laughs> and that's all right time to go <laughs> yeah let them have it what about richards didn't richards live up? richards was yeah he actually richards was like two blocks lived two blocks from me in the same neighborhood over there and oh, oh, just yeah. off of manning yeah, so funny. but yeah three kids i mean your kids are freaking growing up here i mean your daughter was the student manager for the team last year I mean, yeah it's fantastic graduated yeah graduated this year yeah. uh she loves hockey. Yeah. Uh, she plays Minnesota specials hockey through the wild there. So that, you know, that's fun. She plays the floor hockey at uh, the specials floor hockey at the high school or did uh, and just loves to be around and help out any way she can. She was our video girl. She did the water bottles. She did a bunch of stuff and uh, she had fun with it. And it was great to have that time with her. And she's already talking now, dad, if I don't have anything going on, can I still come out to games? I'm, I know I'm not a student anymore. I'm like, you can always come out to games. So she helped actually this weekend. We were out in Tonka for a little summer, summer action. And she came out and filled water bottles for the boys. And um, she just loves it. Yeah. That's she's awesome. awesome. She's a, she's a star. Yeah. And you're two younger. How old are they? Uh, my middle is 15. So she'll be going, she'll be a sophomore. Hopefully she'll be trying out for the girls high school team. And then my son is uh, going into seventh grade. So what's that? 12. But 
Yeah, Gosh, he's a goalie, so we won't talk too much about the oh, goalies. So <laughs> you got three, you know, three people shooting at him, right? Let's well, go. that's what's it like being a goalie dad? Like, well, I was, you know, actually, I tried to not have him be a goalie. I took him down in the basement, and I was like, "I'm going to shoot as hard as I can on him," that's thinking he's going to hate it. Yeah, no. Shoot some more, Dad. Shoot some more. Well, so he's your son. Then. Put him in a three-on-three well. game. Get lit up. 30 goals. I'm like, okay, he's going to hate this. Dad, I got to play next time. I'm going to let him in only 25. I'm like, oh, my God, he's a goalie. <laughs> he's a goalie. He's, a, he's loony. He's a loony bin. Right. Like, you got to be a little different to play goalie. Well, you're only one step away from being a goalie, too, though, right? But I'm a little loony bin. Oh, that's right. Hey, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. That's I guess freaking... I'm a little loony bin. Yeah. But... And then to boot, he starts playing lacrosse this year. He quits baseball which is fine. It was mm-hmm. a little boring. Yeah. Starts playing lacrosse. No lacrosse goalie on the team. Who volunteers? <laughs> My kid. That's now great. he's a lacrosse goalie too. I don't understand lacrosse so goalies. That one's a little one, a weird, and you know, not knowing lacrosse. This is a bad dad moment. He's got player shoulder pads and there's two games left in the season. He's taking his Jersey off and coach goes, uh, where's your chest protector? And my son Austin's like, I, I don't know. My dad never bought me one. He goes, you're a goalie. He goes, you've been wearing shoulder pads the whole year? And my son's like, well, yeah. So he comes home, dad, you're supposed to buy. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know. Off to the store, buy him a chest protector for goalie. So again, another goalie moment. He wasn't too bright. He just took the pain and just went from there. Just went with it. Can you imagine? They're shooting those. Those are like hockey puck balls, right? I mean, isn't the same material? Yeah, they're They're even harder. I think they're harder than hockey pucks. They they can shoot I mean, they right. might be and the way they skip off the turf and like there ain't no you ain't nothing's easy when those things come off no. that fake turf. And yep. uh, he'd come home, he'd have some bruises. Oh, yeah, you, you wanted to do it. But dad, not buying him a chest protection. Yeah. But dad, my chest make you tougher. Really well, my, my chest is really sore. Oh, toughen up. You don't need a chest protector. Better you freaking ball than my fist. Let's go. <laughs> Where's your chest protector? That's awesome. I'll, here's the thing about lacrosse goalies i don't get i mean shoulder pads chest protector gloves helmet like nothing down low like i know they want to be mobile but those they're firing those balls mm-hmm. like especially like you're saying there's kids are supposed to shoot them low there's weird skips yeah. off the turf and you, you as a goalie it's hard to stop them maybe especially when you don't have pads on but i keep thinking at some point i'm going to see all right now these kids are wearing like modified goalie there is pads. some out there that are wearing they kind of look like back catcher oh, shin sure. pads yeah and then you see a lot of them wearing like sweatpants or something over top of them so you don't see them but yep. i think the true lacrosse goalies i think our ninth grade goalie that was with the high school team this year is like one of the top goalies in the casey more country I'm not sure what his I name is. I would try but. to hit him in the legs then. And yeah, but I think it's just a mindset. They just, oh, I mean, I knew quite when, when I first came here, we it was Gunnar Arns was the goalie for the high school team. And yep. he like thrived on it. Like it made him better. Oh, I got hit in the freaking shin. Now I'm going to go harder. And it's oh. like, oh, you guys are, this is a little weird. <laughs> yeah. And I coming blocked for, shots. Coming from somebody in Canada. For a living. <laughs> for a living. Yeah. For a living. Yeah. <laughs> but I was padded. I knew, I knew I was protected. These guys, they got nothing. Yeah, they so. got nothing. I don't. I I've don't never heard that. That's that's insane. Go to a game. They don't have nothing down low. That's insane. And these kids are just rifling well, shots. Yes, I would try like to take it off their it. knees and off their shins. That's well, they, and that's the. I mean, shin, I think that's bro. the style. Like they, the coaches teach them to shoot like this skip shot right. because the goalies think it's going low and then it skips up high and they got to learn and you do everything with your basket and they catch everything with their mm-hmm. stick and I mean my son, my son grasped it pretty quickly and he was actually, I mean he played twelve B and it was his first year and he. 
I mean, the coach said he did a really good job. And so mm-hmm. I don't know. If he's got- For me, it was better than watching him pick dandelions out in left field. Yeah, right. The game was an hour. Yeah. It was right. great. You well, know? If he's taking abuse, I don't give a shit if he's good or not. He's going to be a good goalie. Yeah. Because, I mean, those guys, just, that's all they are is a target. That's it. You know, let's go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's weird. But <laughs> I don't know. I'll never get that for sure. But anyways. It'd be a real easy segue into blocking shots with Greg Zanin. But yeah. we got to get, we gotta we'll get, get there. there. We got we'll to we gotta build it up. So let's get into let's hockey get, talk. Let's get into hockey talk. Okay. Go ahead. So, Greg, you, I mean, obviously born in Vancouver, like suburb of Vancouver, left home at an early age. But start, how does that happen? I mean, you're the first person we've had on from Canada that, played hockey like that that's a different mentality i mean that's but i hear i've heard it throughout the years of the people that are from canada that's just how it is that is the mentality it's a different mentality you leave home and you have a dream and you just go after it right it's almost like a musician and freaking or actor in the united states like i'm gonna leave home and go do something and next you know they're freaking it really is i mean i and leading into i mean you know you play i played bantam my first year Bantam didn't really have, you know, didn't know. I mean, we didn't know. My family didn't know. My dad never played hockey past, you know, just playing with his buddies. And um, he played a lot of like bot, like floor hockey, box hockey, stuff like that back in the day, but never played ice hockey like I did and got through my first year Bantam, moved into my second year Bantam. And our coach was a paid coach that knew a lot of junior coaches. And he's like, well, this is the path. This is the path. And I had some interest from the WHL and we were like, well, what do we do? Like you're, I'm, I was 15. We had no idea. And this coach was actually really good and kind of leading us into the path. And he first asked me what my grades were in school. And I had decent grades in school. It's hard to believe, but they cared about that. And they cared, well, they, it, to, to go to, to college them, though, to you them. needed to. So his big thing is I 1. actually, 5. I actually played for Paul, the, the coach that called Paul Korea played for before he went to Maine was my junior coach. Okay. And he was buddies with my Bantam coach. So my Bantam coach was like, what are your grades like? Cause this guy will get you, he'll get you to a scholarship. So, and I was, I think I was like a 3.2 or whatever. And in our household, it was, you had to do good in school or you didn't play hockey. Yeah. And that was just the way it was. And I didn't, we didn't have to be a students, but we had to do good in school. We sure. couldn't be failing. We had to be, so, you know, Played my second year Bantam. This coach kind of pushed us this way, and I committed to playing in the BC League with this. Had to go to some camps, but I kind of knew where I wanted to be. And uh, Coach Davidson was the kind of guy that could get you where you needed to be. So I ended up playing with him, and I went. I actually went through three junior training camps. Broke my hand in my first one fighting because oh, you're, you're allowed to fight. You tied your hand. You're allowed to. Yeah. You're allowed to fight. So you're excited. Are you a Canadian kid? Ah, let's kill somebody. <laughs> Go into my first camp, first game, break my hand, play the rest of the camp in a cast, play my second camp in a cast. And the second camp was the team that I wanted to go to. It was the Victoria Salsa at the time. So I played through that camp, didn't fight in that camp, played in another camp on the mainland just to get more ice time and had to fight a couple times in that camp. But I had to go left hand. I'm a righty. I had to fight left handed because my hand was still broken oh and made it through that camp. And then I went and but you said mainland. What does mainland mean? Well, so Victoria is on the island. So there's a Vic- Vancouver Island is just it's about a two hour ferry ride from Vancouver, just kind of off of, you know, the coast. So we call the mainland the mainland. So I there's a lot played. of hockey players there. There's a lot. Well, there's 
three junior teams in the BC League that are on the island. Wow. So there's Victoria, Cowichan, and Nanaimo. And then all the rest of the teams are on the mainland. So I chose to play over there. So there was the leave home at 16. I made the team and mom took me over to the main camp and I made the team and it was like, all right, she dropped me off at a billet sauce. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> and she's gone. She's like, I'll be back next week with the rest of your stuff. Cause you're not sure if you're there yet. Right. So she came back later with a couple more suitcases and, See you later. Dang. And then, but they were, I mean, it's only a two hour ferry. So mom was, so mom and dad close. were over. Across they were, the yeah. country or anything. They were over cool. a lot. And then we played, like I said, the main, the mainland had the majority of the team. So we were always over on the mainland playing games. So they got, we got to see them quite a bit, but yep. you're still away. You're still 16. Could like, you imagine yeah, sending your kids? Oh, no, I've been 16. warning my wife, like when he, especially our son, when he's 16, he's gone. Like we're sending him wherever. <laughs> I mean, She's I thought like, it was no 15. Way. I was yeah. like, holy shit. 15? Well, I was, I turned 15 in June and I left in September or I turned 16 in June and I left in September. So I was just 16 years old, wow. you know, and you move in with a family and they take care of you and any chance it was uh miss mcgill <laughs> no no <laughs> but i mean it was a good you know it's it's kind of what you do that like we never nobody played midgets if you wanted to play hockey you didn't play midget hockey you traveled and you went to a different program you went to some you, yeah. you went to either play junior b or junior a and is that like half the kids well like what what kind of percentage are we talking about of kids that want to go back when i was doing it 16 17 it was well, pretty much everybody in BC because our our midget program in BC was horrible. But if you lived in Alberta, everybody played at least one year midget before they went to junior because their midget was really good. And yeah. what they've done now in BC, and I think this was maybe 10 years ago, they moved Bantam down in age level. So you play 13, 14 years at Bantam and then your 15th year, like your birthday of 15, you play midget to try to make midget better. Yep. But everybody's still 16 years old. You're out the door if you want to play hockey. So you guys are stacking the deck. So you're you're actually making older kids play at a younger age. So they made it better, right? They tried to make it better. <laughs> well, they're just so that's Texas football, right? Yeah, Texas football holds kids back so they're growing men playing. No, I'm just kidding. No, I know, but it's, the difference in Canada too is you play in your birth year. There, mm -hmm. well, at least when I was a kid, yeah, I don't know what it is now. Like even when we went to school. If your birthday was in November and you're in a, a 1980, yeah, yeah. you went to you went to kindergarten as a four year old in September. Like yeah. that, you didn't have a choice. There Somebody was no holding you back. Right. Yeah. So we all grew up that Jeez, way. Like Viagra is our sponsor. <laughs> our microphones yeah. are falling. You figure out how to to survive if you're in that younger age group, and you, right. You know, you just figure it out. But you but. played at that that birth year. And was there majors and minors too, or did that come later? Uh, I know Canada, I so like during my youth career was so it's and it's actually kind of interesting how we do things out there. You do like a play in. So you play like a 10 game preseason oh. and however your record pans out within those 10 games, you're either triple A, double gotcha. A, single A. So the whole team does it. The whole team does it. And so you play everybody team. that's in the lower. So you play your 10 games and based off your record, they place you into if you're triple A. So it doesn't matter individual. Piece. Doesn't matter individual. Wow. You like you when you when you try out for the team, you're just trying out for the top team. Right. You don't know if you're going to be triple A or single A based off of that ten. And this was back when I played. I don't know what it is now, but back in those, so it was kind of like a okay. We, this it actually means something. Yeah, yeah, right. And then obviously triple A was the best hockey. And where I played, I played for the Burnaby Winter Club. It was it was a club, and we played at a club because 
all the other associations around town, like practices were at four o'clock in the morning. My dad's like, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm at work, I'm at work at four o'clock. Like I'm not taking you to hockey. Jeez, you had hockey at four o'clock so, and you worked at, he worked at four o'clock. Well, my dad would have to work at four o'clock to get to the job sites. He had his own business. So Man. he was out early getting things well, going Canadians on. Canadians are tough sons of bitches. Fishing in the Bering state straight. <laughs> so we just, we chose to be in the club and at the club we practiced after school. So it just made more sense so we could get there. And, you know, I, the club, I, we played, you know, Paul Korea was at the club. Like now the list of NHLers that came out of that club is, is pretty high, but wow. Paul Korea, God, yeah. he was wow. such a good player. And what age, how was he older than you? He was older he was, than me. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, he's got to be 10 years older than you. Yeah. He 10? was, okay. I remember Maybe doing, I remember it's doing, close. I remember doing a camp and he was 16, just getting ready to go to junior. And I was seven or eight so he's probably about oh, eight okay. years older than i gotcha. doing a camp with him and i actually played with his younger brother martin all growing up he was a year younger than i was so we every second year we were on the same team oh, okay. so gotcha. we got to know the korea family pretty good cool. how the heck did he get to the black bears i mean he coached davidson oh really? i mean he was one of the best and one of the best junior players ever he had a harder backhand than guys <laughs> had forehands when he was 16 years old that's incredible. 17 years old Damn. you know i think he only played two years junior and then once he was eligible to go to college oh, he was at maine and then what do you have 50 and 50 yeah. his first year as a freshman and tell scott stevens look well and then tell you stevens pro, up, and i actually up. the fun i actually ended up playing with paul in nashville well that's cool which was, was cool and yeah I, his mom's a great lady and uh his dad was awesome uh he passed away years ago now but his dad was a, a math teacher and his wow. sisters, like an accountant, and they're all and the three brothers played. Paul was the only one that actually made like a real NHL career. Steve played a little bit, played more in Europe. And was he the best player you ever played with? Korea? Yeah. I played with a lot. I mean, he's he's up there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to play with Peter Forsberg, uh, you know, Jason Arnott, uh, Bobby Shea, Finn. Oh no, we Shea Weber's uh, still one of my good buddies, and I got to play with Shea. I got to play with Ryan. How about you know, blocking a shot from him? When I got traded, it was my biggest fear. My I, I blocked a couple. But I I was, that guy's it was team. nice to be yeah. far enough away. Yes. To, it wasn't coming. I hadn't, you know, but he's, you know, a great dude. Yeah. Great, the great only guy. other thing I would hate to do besides block a shot from Shea Weber is get in a fight with Ryan Reeves. <laughs> what would you rather do? Greg, you've, you're, you're going to well, fight. I, like, I, I, I don't have a credit. a badass. I do not have a credited NHL fight. You which, don't? No, I don't, which is kind of sad. But wow, okay. I fought in junior, fought in the minors. Hang on, but, cut this, cut it. But <laughs> cut it. I always played. When you get to the NHL, there's yeah. always. Scraps. In, in yeah. Nashville, I played with Wade Belak. You know, oh, there's always an enforcer. Way like a, yeah. tough. Darcy Hordachuk was on our team. They did all the fighting. I came to the wild. I had Bugard. I yeah. had John Scott. Yeah. I, John Scott was my D partner for a little bit and it was great. I can do anything I wanted. Two handsome guy in the back of the leg. I'm like, what are you going to do? John, go get him. And John would go beat the bag off of him. Like it was, but that's every team, right? So you don't. And the last thing the coach wants is you to get penalties. Well, again, I can't be in the box. Yeah. Can't be in the box. I was a penalty killer. And I looked at your stats. I'm like, man, you just kept it composed throughout everything. Do you have time? 
you, I was going to say, do you have to keep that mentality throughout the game? Like, all right, don't, don't, well, don't. You, I mean, obviously, if you got to protect yourself, and I got into scrums where gloves were off or I'm trying to stick up for a teammate, this never worked out to be a fight. I either got thrown to the ice really quick or, I mean, I remember fighting, um, what was his name? Carcillo. He was with Arizona at the time, and he two-handed my partner, Dan Hamus, in the back of the leg, and I chased him up the ice. And I turned around and I had a half visor on because I had broken my face earlier in my career. So he turns around. I'm like, I've never fought before. We're like, what do I take my helmet off? And as I'm asking him, <laughs> wham, just and then I'm in scramble mode. Like, idiot, you don't ask questions, right. just punch, just start throwing punches. But you know, I had a few of those and but just never, never got accredited NHL fight. Well, we might have but. to call the statisticians. <laughs> we need to call him, ask for yeah, it, a little bit of a change. We'll call yeah. Wikipedia. So you would rather block the five shot than have to fight Reeves. I, I would take. I would yeah. block the shot yeah, over fighting you, Reeves. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I mean, Polino's a badass. Yeah. Polino's a badass, and he. When I honestly, I said this before. When when they signed Reeves, he was the happiest fucking guy in the world. Oh yeah. I mean, because he's like, oh my god, nobody. I mean, he'll cave your face. In. Yeah. I mean. So blocking it, but blocking a shot, you have to think about it. No, you don't think about it. If you think about it, you're not going to block it. Yeah, you're well, like, that's going to hurt. I'm not going to. Well, you, you still have to position have to go yourself down to, correctly. It's you're all fighting. You're like, it's, all right. it's really all about position. And then it's about just well, the sacrifice. It, the closer you get to it, the better you are. Closer you get to it, you better you are because yeah. it hasn't picked up the speed right. yet. Somebody has so like, with Shea back Weber, it was guy. tough because he always played at the top of the point and he was taking the laser beams from the friggin' blue line and there it's a long ways away yeah. and it's coming in at a hundred. Somebody yeah. chop easily it, chop them in the legs like Ovechkin, Stamkos. Yeah. Those guys are shooting off the circle. It's a little bit easier because you're you're kind of there already, right. so it's not as far away. But gotcha. I don't know if it was. I don't think I ever really thought about it. You go through your PK stuff at the beginning of the game with coach and, hey, you got to remember he's there. He's there. I got it. I got it. I got it. I know where to be. Yeah. And then it, you just do it. And then afterwards, you're like, God damn it. <laughs> oh, but you figure it out. And I had extra pads. I was going to say, do you ever have a pads. different kind of pad? I don't know if you ever seen Craig Ludwig's oh, shin pads from back in the day. Illegal. Completely illegal. But I had like an extra wrap on my calf the, on the leg that I would always prominently put down. I had them on both, but I had my pants were made a little different. They were a little wider, so they would wouldn't come up. So I never took really anything in the knee. They would always stay down hanging over my leg. And so there was adjustments along the way. What I about mean, ankles? Do you ever have that? I wore the shop lockers. Plastic, yeah. I mean, I broke my ankle twice in back to back years. I broke it two years in a row in practice, same ankle, same guy, blocking shots, same guy. Well, and I wasn't even trying to block shots in practice. <laughs> I was standing next to the net and two, <laughs> Darcy Hortichuk took a slap shot, hit me in the ankle, oh. broke my ankle play. I played went to, well, I actually had to go to the minors cause I got sent down and then played on a broken ankle and got called back up cause the kid got hurt. And then I never looked back, but then the shop locker came in and I wore shop lockers mm -hmm. from, probably halfway through my first year until I the day I retired. Did you want to beat Darcy's ass? Oh, I wanted to beat his ass. Oh. And then the, the next year he did it, I chose not to wear him in practice, and he hit me again. <laughs> it was like, more in the foot. It was more of a broken foot, and I was like, yeah, guy, but, are you serious? Yeah, dude. Two years in a row, and he's like, oh, so I'm like, hit the fucking Yeah, like, come right, on. Dude. But, I mean – you get by, you figure it out. You get by, but goddamn, teach him a lesson. It's like anything else. Punch him in the face, right? <laughs> yeah, punch him in the face. It'll help him. <laughs> Bobby Findles, everyone, is sponsored by Jimmy Sal Dressings and Dips. It is definitely slaw season. It's hot outside, so you got to get yourself some coleslaw. And Jimmy's comes in three different flavors. That's original pineapple and fat-free. 
and it's available at Cub or Hy-Vee. And what I love about Jimmy's is it's in the cold section at Cub. So you don't have to walk all the way to the back. You know the good salad dressings are in the cold section. There's something to trust about it being cold. So take a right when you get into Cub, grab yourself some Jimmy's salad dressings and dips, grab that coleslaw because it's very good and you're gonna have yourself an awesome summer. Bobby Finn knows everyone's also sponsored by Chill Boys. Chill Boys makes the best bamboo boxer briefs. They have very cool underwear. And I say cool, I mean cool because they're life-changing underwear. They keep your boys cool. I don't know what it is. They got that weird fabric. It's like you touch it and it's like stuff feels cold. And it is cold and it keeps your boys chill downstairs. I think uh, our friend Johnny King calls it menthol for your man parts. <laughs> um, it is high-tech underwear. So grab yourself some chill boys, especially right now when it's 100 degrees outside or if you're Tom Garrity and it's 125 in Arizona because you need yourself some chill boys underwear. All right. No. Speaking of punching the faces, you brought up a couple great fighters from the wild. Uh, what were those guys like? Oh, Boogie was an awesome dude. I mean, John, John too. I mean, they were great. I mean, Boogie was just, you know, he kind of was in his own little place. He played cards. He was, you know, he was a great guy, great human being. And I mean, I actually, I was in Milwaukee when he first came to the wild or I guess he was in Houston at the time. And, you know, we were always kind of like poking fun at him. Like this guy can't skate. Yeah. Right. This guy can't do shit. Yeah, and we right. had uh Jeremy Oblonsky was our tough guy in um, Milwaukee. And he was always ripping on him. And Yablonski was only six foot. Boogie's what, six, five, six, six, just a monster. And they fought. And it was like, oh, okay, well, the guy can fight. He can't skate, but he can fight. <laughs> and then by the time I got to the wild, I, he worked on his skating every year in the summer. And he got to, I mean, he was a force out there. I mean, you didn't want to look up and see him coming down on you. No. Because you were getting run over. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and you didn't want to try to cheap shot the best player in the no. team. No. Because he's going to. He's going to kill you. you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He will kill you. Was his mentality just like robotic, like done that you are mine? And or was he, I mean, he, he, was, he didn't have like a big mean spirit to like him. Like any, really any of the, t I mean, there's probably a handful of tough guys that really enjoyed yeah. kicking the hell out of somebody. I feel like Reeves is that way. I feel like Reeves. Boogie was a very like off the ice, like friendly giant, yeah. great dude. Get him on the ice and he has to go. You I'll don't want to mess with him. He's yeah. got to go. He knew his role. That was his role. Yeah. John Scott, the same thing. John Scott, I mean, he went to Michigan Tech. He's a smart son of a bitch. Mm. But big guy had to do something to make it. And because he was so big, they got him into fighting. And he beat a lot of people up because he was big and learned how to do it right. Yeah. You know, but gentle giant again off the, off the ice. So so I met, uh, I, I like, just off the cuff, I met this guy that – Remember I told you a story about when I was leaving work, I was a little bit kind of hungover or whatever. So I was going to go work out. And then I seen this like cinder block building and it says CrossFit Boxing Jiu-Jitsu. And I'm like, I don't even know. I'm going to just pull in there and see what it's about. So I pull in there and I, you know, this guy is in work boots and I said, hey, he goes, can I help you? I go, I'm just, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm just going to check this out. Something brought me to here. Yeah. So we walked through the door. And every there's hockey jerseys all over the, and you see all the different things. And I'm like, holy shit, who are you? You know, he says his name is Jeremy Clark. He's part of our part of the top, you know, top ten work. You know, it's workout facility. Yep. He's from Ontario. He he works for the Kings. Okay. His job is to teach him the fight. He was in player development. The Wild have Brad Bombardier. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> the Kings have like eight guys, and he was their their 
he taught them how to fight. Okay. And he's like, Bogart's been in here. All yeah. these guys have been in here. I'm like, how, I mean, how is that possible? I mean, but, but I mean, it's an art. It's an art. They, they you know, the fighters, they watch just as much film as anybody else. Yeah. They know like Boogie knew he was only going to play. If he got two minutes a game, unfortunately at that time, that was his role. Like he got two minutes a game. He knew it. You know, there was times of the game you look down, his skates are untied, and he's like, "Well, I know, I'm, you know, till I get the tap, I don't." <laughs> right, ties him back up quick, and he gets the tap, and he's he's out there. And but it's an art form, and they know, like, are they lefties? Can they switch? How do they grip? How do they hold? How do they start? And yeah. they do all the jujitsu, and it's more not like get on the ground and ground. There, it's all arm oh, holds yeah. and how to hold the arm, how to hold a guy out. You know, and Boogie was so long, he could distance guys out, and then pull them back in and pound them and it's it's an art form. it was definitely an art form it's a you know and he's a cult hero i mean he's a cult hero here right and probably other places too but everything i heard about him like you said he's freaking such a good dude yeah Mm -hmm. great dude did a lot of stuff for well him and bernsey back when we were here a lot of stuff for the military and they were always involved and you know he was he had that role is not easy you know I don't, people are like, oh, he only plays two minutes. Like, what yeah. is it? Like, he still has to train just as hard as everybody else, even harder because he's got to play hockey and he's got to be able to protect himself so he doesn't get his his right, ass kicked right. all the time. And, job. you know, he took his licks and I uh, was, well, he didn't get beat up that game. My first NHL game we played the Wild, I was with Nashville and he absolutely laid me out. Boogie just (laughs) killed me and our uh, Jeremy Stevenson had to come in and fight Boogie and Stevie was only six foot and Boogie laid the boots to him but it was like but he came in but that was his role and I don't know do you want to go do you want to go fight Reeves no do you want to go fight Boogie no if you're on the other team you know, you got to, that's that like their role. When a, when a guy steps up for you to go fight for for you. I, it's, you know, you know, it's kind of the worst feeling because yeah, you're like, oh, guy, like yeah, I, yeah. he laid me out. It's okay. Fine. I should have had my head up, but he stepped in and, you know, you give him a tap on the pads and hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Thank and, you, brother. And that gets you, know, you guys fired up, right? He I mean, gets it, you fired yeah, up and yeah. then you make sure that you're not the, you know, if you're out there and somebody gets laid out it's kind of the role. And I mean, like I said, I don't have any fights, but I would jump guys and either took my licks and that's yeah. just kind of the way it was. And yeah, it's how it was back in there. I mean, it still is today, but you don't see as much fighting as back then. I mean, there was probably a fight or two a game when oh, I played. Yeah. We, and when we were talking to Jack Carlson back in the day, when, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's all. I mean, well, back it, in the they day, jumped, day. Oh, yeah, shit, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I told this story, go back, listen to it. Our, our followers where they actually climbed the glass, where his brother climbed the glass. He got hit in the head with a... Uh, well, it was it was a freaking... What you, it was a program. It was keys, it was but it was program. actually a program. And he went, oh. he went over and the glass. Went and he goes, I had to follow. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, I guess I got to go in there too. He was like, that's where they got that seat from. His yeah. He was like, well, that's what we did. Well, and it's the Boston Bruins back in the day who, like, they went over the glass and... They were, yeah. You know, that was... You, you, you were a team. You're protecting yeah. yourself. I yeah. mean, it's... Now their security's obviously right. way better. The glass is a lot taller. There's Lawsuits, everything, everything else, all right. that kind of stuff. Ron Artest, Malice in the Palace, ruined everything. <laughs> ruined everything. Still just, you know, I, I wouldn't want to do that role. I mean, I chose blocking shots to be my role, you know, and I you got to give those guys credit because they do train hard and it's not an easy job and yeah. sitting there all game and then, okay, go. But you get oh, your two shifts. Yeah. And, so you said blocking shots. So that gets me on a different thing It's we all try to teach our kids when they're young, like, hey, just do the right things. You don't have to do too much. Do the right things all the time. 
play your position, trust other people to do their position, right? It seems like everything I've watched of you, that's what you did. You blocked shots. You made the right pass. You did the right things. You did. You kept it simple. This is my job. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to try to go coast to coast. I'm going to just do my job all the time. That was a, I, I had to change into that guy in the minors. I came from college. I was actually, I won the offensive defenseman of the year in the CCHA my second year. And I was the guy that I was looked on to score goals. Mm-hmm. I had to make things happen and I was up and down the rink and I probably played 40 out of the 60 minutes and still block shots, but it was a little more chaotic of right. diving around and, you know, do what you have to do to, to survive. And then when I got to Milwaukee, my first year, I signed as a free agent. I was actually drafted by Ottawa and went to camp, had a good camp, was there for about a month, went down to Binghamton and contract stuff just didn't work out. And they let me go free. And I went back to Omaha for a couple of weeks and I signed with Milwaukee just on the American league deal, went to Milwaukee, found myself not playing, you know, and then there's the going to the office and like, okay, why? Mm-hmm. Well, we got five offensive defensemen. We don't need you to be offensive. We need you to be this guy. Well, I don't know, you know, show me, show me how, how can I be this guy? Right. You know, and Todd Richards and our coach, you know, they worked, the coaching staff worked with me every day. And after practice, it was no question. Practice was over. I was out for an extra 20, half an hour working on positioning. Where do I need to be? It's all about where you got to stand. Right. And if you're in the right place, block shots just come because you're in the, you're in the right. shooting lane. Yeah. You know, as many as the ones that I went down and, you know, took or slid across and, a lot of them were just standing there with a good stick and it would go off my stick and go into the bleachers. And, you know, they took the time to work with me that, and that was the, this is what you can do to get to the next level. Yeah. And I was willing to make that sacrifice of, okay, I'm going to take pride in having 200 block shots and having one goal. And play nine ha- years in the NHL. Versus rather having than, 10 goals and yeah. five block shots and right. play half the games. Right. right. So it was, it was tough, but I, I took it in because for me, everything was about playing. Going to college, I picked Omaha because I knew I was going to go in and play. I didn't want to be in the bleachers. I didn't want to sit there. Anytime I was in the bleachers, it was a bad day. It, it didn't go off. well. Yeah. It, you know, and I spent a lot of time my first year in the minors. I think I only played, I think it was 56 or 60 games out of 82. You know, that's a lot of games in the bleachers. And that was early on in the season. And then I made the transformation just after Christmas. And I think I played 36 games in a row. And I was plus 36 at the end of the year. I got to play with... <laughs> my D partner was Murphy and he, he was the best defenseman in the league. So he got a lot of points. I just stayed, my job was to stay back and make sure we didn't get scored on. Yeah. It made me plus 36 at the end of the year, which was great, but that's kind of how it transformed in this defensive guy. And I was told it would get me where I needed to go and play in the NHL. And, and it, it did. Yeah. It and worked. it did. There's so. a, I mean, there's a spot for everybody, right? Learn your role, trust your role, learn, live it. Right. The best players have to sometimes, even if you think you're the best player there might be somebody better than you check your ego yeah check it at the door and some kids won't do that especially these days i'm sure some kids are like them that's who i am i don't know how to do anything else and you're like well and you're done and you know if you have people willing to work with you and try to transform you and, and you're willing to learn there's a spot you know a first line guy on a college team might be a fourth line guy in the nhl mm-hmm. if you're willing to adapt to be that fourth line guy yeah and then you got a career yep you know, if you're not willing to adapt up and down minors, all of a sudden you're in Europe, 
you do that wearing for a, five, wearing a flame hat. Yeah, five, six years. And then you're that was Danny. You got the yellow, you got the you yellow helmet. Yeah, I, yeah, I got the yellow helmet. Yeah, I got the golden helmet because I'm the leading scorer. Yeah. Great. yeah, now everybody's going after yeah. you. Yeah, and then everybody runs you. Yeah. You know, like, but that's you gotta make that. You got to make that decision. And yeah, not everybody good. does. Well, it's a tough one to swallow, right? Oh, it it's, was... it's such an ego freaking blow, right? No, we don't want you to do what we you think you can do. Learn your role. Yeah. Trust your role because that's going to help and it's going to make you who you are. And they never took it away. Like you could still, you know, I always had, I've had, a, I had a couple highlight real goals. I had one in Vancouver playing in front of my mom and dad and grandma, like, you know, get a pass, chip it by, backhand pass to Marty Havlad. He shoots it on that greasy oh. rebound in front yeah. of that on Luongo. Yeah. Like, you know, like. Did you know if parents were in there? So you yeah. said, I'm going to. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. You know, you got to pay for the tickets for them to come. You know they're there. Nothing's <laughs> free like, hey, still. Hey, hey. <laughs> Nothing's free in Vancouver's Boys, expensive. Mom and dad's here. Yeah. Grandma, grandpa, hey. This is coming you right know. now. First goal, uh, I scored my first goal against Dominic Hasek. Oh, you know, my God. Legend. Dominator. Blocked a shot, passed it off to Stevie Sullivan because I wasn't going to carry it up the rink and just skated as hard as I could to the net with my stick on the ice. And he threw a sauce pass. Three dragged it, it in. in. Yep. That was it. Like, you say, you, you know, suck. You, you suck. Suck it, Dahmer. Suck it. Hashtag, you suck, buddy. I'm the worst player in the league and I scored on you. Know. <laughs> Give me that puck. Take that puck out of the <laughs> yeah. net. I need that. But, you know, that was, you still have those abilities, yeah. but you just learn that, no, I got, this them, is right? my job. This is my job. And I'm okay yeah, with that's doing That's a hard it, thing you know? to teach the kids, right? Yeah. It's like they all want to do everything because of social media and all this other bullshit. Yeah. It's like well, if you're not, if you don't if you don't score five goals a game, you suck. It's like come on. Yep. Trust your role. Do you the right thing and just help your team. The best thing I heard, I was listening to Jonathan Marshall talk a little while ago, and the best thing that I heard him say was, "The best stall in the NHL is a stall." Like you're in the NHL, okay? Yeah. Learn how to adapt. Right. Like if you're not willing to adapt, you ain't gonna be there long. Right. You know, especially there's all these young guys that are ready to take your job. Being there is being there. You're there. Get in, you get know, a spot, get in, stay. stay, do what you need to do to stay. Yeah. So absolutely. I'm gonna go back about 20 minutes right now. Are the bus rides and the ferry rides as crazy as I think they that I heard they were? <laughs> <laughs> they, they're pretty they're pretty legit oh my god i mean god. we would take a ferry over well here goes the mic we take a ferry over two hour ferry which is fine you're just on the ferry i mean there's some debauchery oh it was i mean i don't it was years ago so i don't know i never think about ferry rides, we used yeah, that's to like so the, you're on the ocean right the ocean there's seagulls we're on a ferry. I mean, this is a car. It's holding multiple buses and hundreds of cars. Like this thing's huge. It's like a cruise ship. Try, you know, and we're kids. We're all 50. Well, there was that year that I was 16. There was four of us that were 16. And I think there were, you know, a handful of 17 year olds, 18, 20, you know, and we're out. And what are you going to do? Coach is sitting off. He, I think coach even sat on the bus. He didn't even get off the bus. He just stayed on the bus. And well, it's on the ferry. We're running around and. <laughs> Kid buys a sandwich, brings a hook, 60 feet of fishing line, oh, ties shit. the hook to the side of the ferry, puts the sandwich on. Seagull comes down, scoops up the hook, takes off, swing, bam, slams <laughs> off the side of the boat. We're like, what are you? He's like, oh, I do this at my dock all the time. He lived on the ocean. I'm like, oh, we just, 
Fairy people come out. Hey, you guys can't be and they take the seagull off. Like he flies away. He didn't die. Thank God he flew away. He but, died. Hey, Peter, call Greg Zander. Yeah. But I mean, that was, we were 15, 16, 17, 18 yes. years old. Like just, what are you trying to stay a mute? We didn't have phones. Yeah. We weren't sitting there. Like we were doing stuff and bumper scheme playing cards you learn how to play cribbage and we're playing cribbage and all that kind of stuff but so we had the two-hour ferry and we usually played a team on the mainland that was local play that game and then you're on the bus and if we had to go up north i mean prince george from downtown ish area is probably 10 hours jesus and you're 10 hours get there in the morning sleep play that night and you're you go to the next town you're in a age where i mean you're trying to make sure your your manhood is taken care of. I mean, what are those boys doing on the young men doing on those buses? Well, I mean, as a rookie, we were doubled. We weren't moving around a lot. You're doubled up. All the vets have anybody all this, got an extra side. Yeah, all of all the vets have all the seats in the back. I mean, we didn't have a sleeper bus, so we always got to a place and we were in a hotel. So it was never, you know, you're sleeping in a sleeping bag. I know. I remember reference martin korea he was a small guy he slept like where the baggage was like you could put him up top above the seat because he was so small he put his sleeping bag in there he fit perfectly like, you just find a plot spot to sit and rookies was Get tough because you're you're you had to sit with another guy the vets had all the seats by themselves they had their own seats so you're sitting there trying to sleep it's like being on an airplane head bobbing <laughs> until you get to the next town um but we actually we would come back Ferry shuts down. I think the last ferry that went over to the island was like eight o'clock. So we'd get there at like nine, ten, well, mostly ten o'clock because the game's over and we're stuck outside the ferry terminal because it's not open. So we would get off the bus, go down to the beach, create a wall, start a fire, and sit on the beach and stay up all night and have a fire on the beach. <laughs> on you didn't fire. have a hotel or we didn't have a hotel. Our, oh our owner was cheap at the time, so we wouldn't stay in a hotel. And it was only two, three hours that we were waiting for the ferry to open, but you know, and then you're sitting there. We have a big bonfire. We're just all shooting the shit. I mean, survival, man. Just, just hanging. Get what? back. We see the bus leave. Oh, shit. run back to the bus because they're pulling in. And my s'more's not but, done yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we didn't have any food. I mean, we were too young to buy booze, and we're just catch a pigeon. You didn't it. want to sit on the, <laughs> right. the bus. Would be sweaty and gross. You'd been on it for a week. Like we were happy to be on the in the sand having oh, a fire. Fantastic. But, so that was. And it was tough. I mean, minor league, same thing in the minors. Milwaukee, we bust a lot. Of, the only place that we flew was, well, unless we were going out east, we'd fly out east. But we'd fly to Houston and San Antonio, which was great. But you're commercial. But we would bust a grand four or go over to, like, Michigan. And we're playing all those teams. And, I mean, you get used to you. You play cards? Yeah. Got to figure it out. Your mindset. Yeah. I mean, even when I was in the minors, there was no, we had cell phones, but you couldn't do anything on them. Yeah. Right. Like, and there's no iPads and you're, you know, we'd, all right, rookie, get the movies and make sure they're not garbage this time. And, you know, you're what you watch Slapshot like 450 times in a road trip. Right. You know, it was fun. Those bus trips, as grueling as they get, they're, they're well, a they're blast. That's where right? you get they're to know everybody. Yes, and absolutely. That's, that's how you become tight, right? That's, you become a family. Yes, absolutely. You know, you know everything about everybody. and You, you, you hate each yeah. other at points, and then you're like, all right, you know. Oh, well, yeah, there you. were some scuffles oh, over cards. Oh, I get you're you. cheating, bullshit, you yeah, know. Right. You brush it off, and you you move on. Yeah, so, I mean, that's it, right? Yeah. Become a family, for yeah. sure. But, no, you I mean, so you played in the NHL for nine years. Playoffs were, I mean, you had a couple of stints in the playoffs. Yeah, not more, not as not not as much as I wanted. That's I, for sure. God, that sucks. 
Yeah. The Bruins, I mean, these days, I feel like they win every other year. I mean, they're so, yeah, they have they're such, they're top talent. The year you got traded to the Bruins, was that the closest you got the, to the cup? Well, we lost in the first round. Oh, the first round. I didn't make it out of the first round my whole career. Okay. Seven and six games. Yeah, that's. Yeah. We were, Nashville, I was six. Six, six, and then uh, seven was Boston. That, but I got, I won a Calder Cup my first year in the minors. That's cool. That's so awesome. That was awesome. And I made it to the finals my third year in the minors. And we lost to, ended up losing to Hershey, which was a stacked team. All those guys were the next year playing in Washington. Oh, yeah. But Ovechkin was there? No. Ovechkin <laughs> never touched the minors. Come on. We had a bunch of studs that I, Pecorene was our goalie. Really? Shea Weber came down after Nashville lost in the player uh, playoffs. We had Scotty Upshaw. We had a stacked team, and we went. We actually beat Iowa Wild in seven. With we had a uh, like an East Coast goalie. We we were just stringing it together, praying that the Preds were going to lose because we were going to get all these guys oh, back. That's funny, and we did. And we went. We beat. Uh, who did we beat? We beat. Well, we ended up beating Houston in four. We beat. Grand Rapids in four, and then we had to play Hershey and Pekka. That was Pekka's first year over from Finland, and he wasn't. He played a boatload of games that year, and he just it's ran tired. out of steam. Yeah. And we, we, we as a group, kind of ran out of steam. We had like, I think it was almost three weeks in between series three and series four, played two games, went out there, played one game. Then they had the circus and we sat out in Hershey for like five days while the circus was on. And then the circus was gone. We played game four and it was like, what the hell's going on here? The circus to leave. But, but that's the way, that's the way the minors goes. One of our sponsors, Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon's about, you know, it's a lot of hair. Unfortunately, you don't have that. I don't have that. Shave that how long ago? <laughs> Haven't had hair since I was, I think I was, Officially bald after my wedding, I sh I started shaving my head when I was 23 years old and haven't grown it since. They got more than just hair products. They got uh, everything to take care of your mutton chops, you know, your mustache, you know, everything about it. You know, they got a lot of body wash and everything else. You used Ducanon. Serious flow, right? Serious flow. Yep. Well, there you go. I don't have the serious flow. I got the serious beard. Upside down. <laughs> Upside uh... down flow. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and if you stock up on uh, Duke Cannon products at DukeCannon.com and you use Beard 10, you'll get 10% off your next order um, because Duke Cannon is an official partner of the Minnesota Wild and an official sponsor of Pull Tab Sports and Bobby Finn knows everyone, so check out Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon. The other uh, sponsor of Bobby Finn knows everyone is Unreal. Uh, that's U-N-R-L. You've seen Unreal, clothing brand around town. And they're an independent clothing brand crafted around the athlete. And you know what that means? They're not owned by a big conglomerate or a big VC. No, they're they're privately owned. And they were started by this awesome guy who had literally 300 bucks and a really cool idea. And that's to make clothing around the athlete. So whether you're a, a, a hockey player, whether you're a, a, a hockey dad, you name it, they've got great gear. They've got those sweet little hoodies that got that little collar up top. Love those. So that's uh, Unreal. Um, and if you go to unreal.co, U-N-R-L.co, not .com, .co, and use the promo code PULLTAB15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Check them out. Tell them Bobby Finn sent you. 
And don't be messing with the dressing. Don't be messing with the dressing. <laughs> I forgot to say that earlier. Oh, right. But anyways. So, Greg, you talked about, you know, youth sports, youth, your your youth coming out of uh, Vancouver. How do you, how do you like, equate that to what we've got in Minnesota? Because Minnesota is pretty unique compared to everywhere else, right? We like we play our high school hockey and we play association hockey. And what's your thoughts on that? And you can, like, I don't know. You could. I, the. The, well, the high school hockey thing is super was super new when I got here, but the the youth is really can you know very close to what Vancouver was like. I mean, we didn't travel to to play anywhere. There was fifty teams in the Lower Mainland. Like every supporting community has a team, kind of like here, right? Yeah. Like I had a buddy come up from Dallas who was on his like fifteenth road trip of the year because they have nobody to play. Sure, you yeah. know, playing in that tier one league, and they're they're everywhere paying thirty grand for hockey, and we're here paying what we pay and our longest trip is if you got to go to like Fargo for a tournament. Right? <laughs> right. And we're, we're looking for those to get out of town. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, don't get me yeah. wrong. Bobby's looking for Maybe those. not as a coach, but as uh, a, as a, a parent, we're looking for those oh, yeah. to have those good times. But um, I mean, it's great. The high school hockey thing is it's different obviously because kids want to stay and play, but that's what makes it so good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just right. not, you know, if you would have high school hockey back in Vancouver, when I was a kid, it would, they wouldn't be very good because everybody was our mind was we're going to junior guys that went to the dub they went to the dub guys that wanted to go to college went to the bc league and we were that was our mindset that's the way it was yeah um you know the fact that kids want to stay and play and it what makes it so good i mean i never played in front of twenty thousand people until i played in the nhl like yeah it's amazing it is amazing yeah it's, it's crazy that you know and you know junior teams some of them are really they allow you know, the kid to play before, come back, play his high school, then go back. Like, that's amazing, you know, that it's such a big thing. And um, it's, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, right. It's, it's it's fun to coach. It's fun to watch. And Yeah. I still have, I mean, I, I remember growing up, though, and you know, everybody has a little bubble around them, right? In St. Paul where, you know, they're Little League Baseball. We played against everybody we knew. There was six, eight teams. We never went anywhere. We didn't leave our field. We just played Johnson Parkway. Uh, Johnson Parkway and and Earl. Oh no, Third Street. Earl and Third, and it was in between both. But it was unbelievable. I mean, we that's all we knew. We yeah. had unbelievable players. I mean, guys that went to you know minors and everything else. But that's all we knew. So we didn't have to travel. Granted, the parents probably didn't have the money to travel, yeah. but it didn't matter. So I mean, I I just feel like if you in a perfect world, I think we just keep it closer. Eventually, it's going to freaking get bigger and bigger and bigger. But these days, shit. I mean, these freaking mites want to play in freaking tournaments all over the world. Yeah. I'm like, come on, really? Slow I, your roll. Yeah, I, I think that, well, even at the high school level, I mean, I think there's, it really kind of has to be done a better way to keep the kids where they are. You know, we got, there's a lot of jumping around, especially yeah. now being a coach, like you hear kids, they're on their third school. And it's like, how is that even, yeah. how's that even possible? Just play where your buddies are. And, right. you know, it's the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be a little tough where you're at, but tough being tough. It makes the kids better in the long run. Yeah. You know, and that, I mean, that's what I said. Like, I'm like, it's a little adversity be, just because yeah. it's, you don't like it here. Doesn't mean it's going to be better there. It's not going to be better there. It's kind of even if you go to college, like the transfer portal, like these kids that are maybe not playing somewhere and I'm going to go to this school and I'm going to play. Well, how do you know? 
Yeah. Coach somebody, can, the coach somebody can, told you yeah, that? The coach can tell you you're going to play. Right. But you get there and, you know, something happens and you ain't playing. Right. It ain't greener. Right. Like, you know, sometimes sticking it out and, you know, working and trying to get better and working at it and, and earning your spot means more than being told you got a spot. Yeah. Right. You know, in, in my mind and I, you know, the high school sports is great. I think there's a lot of moving around that I'd like to see stop and keep kids at home. And but it's it's still fun. Yeah. I mean, to it's each his own, right? Yeah. And, and it is what it is, right? It's like anything else in life. You you, you think you're going to be better to each his own. Go do it. Yeah. I mean, but it's not. Yes, it's not always going to work out the way you think it is going to work out. But. It may. It, it may. It may. I mean, and I, I think there's a lot of promising going on from coaches yeah. and, you know, whatever parent who have booster clubs, whatever it is, there's a lot of promising going on. Are they always holding up to those promises? Once Never. the kid, once the kid's transferred, Very, you yeah. know, now it's, now you're now in a tough spot. Them. Now you, now you're there. They you swallowed the hook. You know, so I mean, myself as a coach, I, we want everybody to stay at Stillwater. If you're a Stillwater kid, stay at Stillwater. You know, if you, we, you know, we've had kids move in from out of town from like different states and because they want to come to Stillwater. That's great. But we don't go around and we don't promise. And you, you got to try out so and you got to earn it. I'm from St. Paul. So I'm from St. Paul. And we didn't and, know that. And a lot of kids, <laughs> I mean, a lot of kids who absolutely were the, the prima donnas ahead of our group, but uh, they got promised so many different things. So every private school around yeah. would take the best kids. So you could never compete. And they would take them not just from St. Paul. They'd take them from everywhere. Yeah. And just this local area. So, you, I mean, it is what it is. And it's not, this has been going on for 40, 50 years. Yeah. Right? So it's not anything different. It's just building a culture of the city that you're in to try to make sure that people stay. But to each his own. To right? each their own. I mean, you know, we lose kids to Hill all the time. And a lot of times it's because mom and dad went to Hill, grandma and grandpa went to Hill and we get that. I mean, go. I mean, that's that's your path. And then, I mean, we don't uh, fights around. Like, I'm not going to go out and be if, if you have somewhere else on your mind, you're always going to have that on your mind. I can promise you whatever. But if you're all of a sudden not playing, you're thinking, well, why didn't I go to Hill? Right. But so, so I, mm -hmm. I mean, I've always thought, I mean, when even back when I was in your old city, I'm like, why? isn't the head coach of the boys and the girls involved in the mites hey you are going to be a part of our program right it's it's such a culture thing to make sure that you keep especially the best players right you want to do everything you can and i'm not calling you out i'm just saying in well, general I, I do i do work with all the levels yes well that, <laughs> and, and i would be calling i mean i'm honestly i i would be calling i told freaking Mosher that back in the day i'm like get involved with these kids get involved with them because you want to keep them right sure and they did for the most part and obviously they have a little turmoil right now but whatever i mean that's a different story but you got to be involved because when when i was coaching the youngest kids in the whole the whole program i'm saying this is where you want to be you want to be skating at this stadium or this arena playing for that coach I mean, right. There's pride involved. There's pride. Yeah, there's pride, pride. involved for sure. When you when you yes. skate and, for the program right. and you see Greg Zan out there with the mites or the squirts yeah. or the whatever. You play for the wild. And you go out to watch those games. You right. see those high school boys and you get that thrill. Yeah. And yeah, you want to stay and you want to play with but your every, friends and every, for the program. Right. Every level above should be involved below. Maybe two levels to one or two below. Because 
they don't respect kids that they play with. They respect kids that are older that look up to. So the more you can get involved with that, the better the whole goddamn, you know. Super well, and see, and we, and I mean, I run Pony Pride Training, Stillwater program. We only take Stillwater kids. I run from mites all the way up to incoming high school kids. Obviously, I lose contact with my guys. And then it's like, well, I, <laughs> I got all these other kids, which is great. Yeah. And during the season, we do have our high school guys. They work my practices. This year, we're actually going to do squirts and peewee practices um, just so they're out there and just helping out, you know, given. Right. Um, I just still think there's so much out there. Everybody's looking for the next best. Thing. What's better. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, what I see as a coach and we don't really we're all the kids are super talented. They can skate. They can handle the puck. They can do the Michigan at will. Can they play hockey? Yeah, right. Like we've lost this. Everybody's been so focused on right. skill, 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 which don't get me wrong. It's made the game amazing. Amazing. The NHL is amazing it, it to watch. It promotes it well. It promotes it well. Promote, but, but, but you got to be able to play. They can play hockey. Yeah. They, they still think the game. They're still playing a system. They're still, you can, you know, go to the board, drop a drill, and we can go do it. We're not there. There's a lot of yeah. the youth that we're not there. Yeah. Like we can skate around cones all that's day. Gotta, that's got to be tough coming from you for sure. It's tough. the one that freaking did. I'll take, I'll block shots. I'll do this. I'll do that. I don't give a shit about the Michigan. I don't give a shit about whatever. Yeah. I it's mean, it's great be. that you can do it, but. Are you going to win you, the game? Are you, you going to be play there? the system? Right. Yeah. Like, and for me, like for our team, we, for me and Thomas, it's defensive system. Like we have a defensive system. We have a good neutral zone. Not Jack Lemaire's system though. No, not, no. <laughs> Jesus we're not, we're not, not trapped. We're not the old God New Jersey Devils and, you know, but we have our defensive side systems offensively. You guys know what to do. You're mm -hmm. skilled. You you can skate. You can handle the puck. Go. Go do what you guys can do. But defensively, you better listen. Because mm -hmm. no matter what anybody says, defense wins games. Whether it's 9-8, sure. you still got, can't let them score 9 yep. for you to win 9-8. Right. So you still got to do something right on the defensive side of the puck. And, you know, I don't think everybody sees that all the time. And it's hard to – we've spent hours and hours of video and – practice just the defensive system and when it all comes together then they actually see and they're like oh well we had the puck like six more times than we did the last game well yeah because we got it yeah, back right yeah, away right let's go right now you got it now do what you guys do and i think we've tried to install that of now it's on you guys right yeah we're not telling you you got to skate here on when you have the puck and go here go here you got the puck go just do it go, yeah. go. you guys know what you're doing now you, you can do what you do but you did it because you're in the defensive zone because you're the right you way did it the right way yeah. and we clogged it down and you got the puck back now around. let's go yeah let's go right. get it done well hey brother thanks for thanks for coming on i'm glad i could come out i know i've been busy and you've been invading me for a year i've been, I've been a He's ghost like, and yeah. I, I but i'm glad i was able to it's come like out this was a lot tag. of fun you're only coaching three teams and then pony pride for 19 different well i only got the and, one team and then i run tryouts for saha and i got every all this other stuff going on but well bobby's know. gonna be the new uh saha uh president because of the system he's got these oh, guys go down system. these kids play you these kids help no, up the next no. kids these kids you just heard the program he's yeah. got it all figured out <laughs> I mean, in his brain it's all yeah it's like freaking rain man <laughs> <laughs> bobby fed uh, no but yeah we didn't even talk about the timberwolves 
Uh, I don't have anything to say, really. I've yeah, I don't either. I don't watch basketball. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. You we're good. the right podcast. We're good. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't watch basketball. But, Greg, thanks for everything, man. Oh, appreciate it was great. It. I appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun. All right. Fun reminiscing. Yes. You know, thanks. Thinking about the past. We're going to hear more stories about those bus rides and those ferry rides. I didn't know ferry oh rides were a thing. I go, Only I out in Vancouver. Uh, <laughs> Only well, out hey. It's the only way to get to the it's island. 2023, there might be a lot more. You but, are off hey. the island. Anyways, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. We can be heard on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and other platforms where you get your podcast. Please like and subscribe and tell a friend about us. Last of all, just like I learned, sounds like Greg learned, growing up, work hard. Don't be afraid to get your hands dirty like it is or tell it like it is. Help your neighbors. Try to contribute in a positive way and be a good person. Most of all, it's pretty freaking simple. Don't be a dick. That's